This is Comet Picks by the Glick. Hey, and again, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason Glick. Hey, so, yeah, as I promised you last week, or like a few minutes ago, depending on your frame of reference. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, I'm here to talk about um, Naoki Urasawa's like latest series, or series that recently wrapped up in in English, um, Pluto, his, his adaptation of Samu Suzuka's Astro Boy story, The Greatest Robot on Earth. Now, the thing is, this is an interesting series because it, it's, it's something that really doesn't happen happen often at all in it's like like in jet, in manga because all it's like as opposed to like a lot of um all of American most American comics, um his like um, all. A lot of Japanese comics, pretty much all of Japanese comic comic books are creator owned. So you're not going to have like say uh, like a Manji from Blade of the Immortal crossing over with um, Alucard from Kota Hirano's Hellsing, like that. Like unless both authors really wanted to do so, you know, that that just ain't going to happen. I mean, the only time I've seen that happening is when the cast of Kuro, the Kurosaki Corpse Delivery Service crossed over with um, with Amrish um, Yakuba for Mail. That's only because both series had the same, like had the same artist and. And there you go. But but with um, Pluto, I mean, it's just, just get one of the um, like one of uh, manga's top top writer artists, um, like who's been hailed as the next Tezuka himself, um, adapting one of Tezuka's almost um, classic Astro Boy stories. Now, now to be honest, my my exposure to Astro Boy only extends as far as the the manga that Dark Horse has published, mm-hmm. and um, I've got like about ten volumes of it. And then I gave up the ghost because, you know, it's not that it's bad, but like I said about a lot of Tezuka's early period stuff, I mean, it's it's just pitched at a kiddie audience, hmm. you know, at a much younger audience. Right. Like, like it's like a lot of the um, the back matter stuff from Pluto is, is um, from a lot of um, writer artists who, or, or creators, notable people from the anime and manga fields who've, who remember... Um, Astro Way arc that um, Urasawa is adapting, and they're just like they talk about like they just say lots of good things about how well he's handled that kind of thing. But you know, just, just the fact that he's actually like like adapting an existing story or tackling a, just another creator's creation, I mean, that's a big deal right there in in manga. And so like the um, stakes are high, stakes are high, and and to be honest, like it seems to have gone over real well in Japan. But and also like also to a, to a large extent over here as well because it's had lots of good things said about it by the critics and also it's been nominated for some Eisner awards this year as well like next two or 20th century boys uh-huh. now as you'll know it's like I think 20th century boys was the um was the best series I read last year and to be honest I think it deserves to um smack Pluto down at at the Eisners because. It's not that Pluto is a bad series. It's just that it's it just shows that um, Urasawa and his co-author Takashi Nagasaki, um, I don't have any facility for actually for actual science fiction storytelling. Oh. All right, so let me tell you about a little about the story for um, in the in Astro Boy as it appeared. It's basically, the original story basically had had a had the uh, Sultan from. From some Middle Eastern kingdom, like creating this great, this great awesome robot named Pluto, and um, uh, telling him to go out and uh, smash the uh, se- let's see the uh, seven greatest robots robots on Earth. Now he does. Now he does so, but there's but Pluto's he's 
he's only acting on his on his programming and his, as his direction. He's actually got his own. He actually feels kind of bad that he's he's trying to do do stuff like this. And there's also like he's got a sense of honor when when fighting. See when fighting Astro, and you know, it's, you know it's for what it is. It's not a bad bad kid story. I mean, you've got I mean, there's a lot there's lots of stuff that has like oh, it's like I'm going to have see I I I can't fight you right now because I've been because I've been sworn to I can't fight because I can't fight humans. I was like, and I've also got to uh, let's see, and I've got I've got my own my own principles to uphold upholds well, but it's, I don't know, it's it's not bad, I mean, like, I can imagine if I had read this as a kid, I probably would have had um, as much, like, as much um, respect for it as uh, all these authors who spoke about it in the back, back matter of Pluto did, but, you know, it's like, it's just like, like it's just like a kid's story, like, thing, huh. it's like, like, robots fight, um, robots fight, things blow up, and, like, um, plot twists, Crosses occur out of out of thin air. I mean, it's it's not a bad story. I mean, there's a format of more moral moral ambiguity in the ter- in showing how Pluto like isn't isn't evil himself, but you know he's only like obeying he's only obeying his programming. So right. and so, to me, also think there's a there is a um, let's see, there is a fair amount of room for um for Osella to uh, to bring the story up. Like to, a mo- to introduce the story to the modern audience, like basically to reintroduce the story to all people who thought it was awesome years ago, and show you, hey, you know what, the story is still great um, today. He succeeds partly because because oh. the thing is, like this time, he focuses on on one of the um, supporting one of the supporting robots in the first series, uh, a German robot inspector named Geist, and he's an interesting character because he's basically as he's basically a robot detective. He's he's got his he's got his programming. He's solved like lot. He, we're told he solved lots of lots of crimes, and that he's he's one of the top robot. He's the top robot inspector for Europol. And and the story and the story starts out much like the um, original manga did with this death of um of um, Mount Mount Blanc. This um this fun, this um this kind of robot who's kind of like the Smokey the Forest Bear of, of robots in. In Switzerland, and then from there, let's see. Um, North Number Five, a ro- robot killing machine, goes in. Uh, who is who doesn't want to um, be a killing machine anymore? He's basically learning how to um, compose music from a very cranky um, composer. Um, is destroyed as well. I mean, they're fr- and people are wondering why are why are these robots dying? What's what's the cause of them? Like, what's causing this? And it's, it's and Geist is um is on the case, tr- like trying to find out now. The thing is, like some of these robots look human, but are, like don't appear human. Like they, like North Number Five and and Mont Blanc look look like robots. But then others, uh-huh. like the Turkish wrestler um, Brando, and also the great robot fighter Hercules, look are look human. Like they walk, like they look like they like a character from Urasawa's, um, like other other manga. Uh-huh. Same with um, Astro Boy, who is basically um, identified as Adam in this. Uh-huh. Series and it's and you know it's like looking at when you see Adam introduced. I mean, like he is he looks like a like a normal kid, like someone who like not the uh, strongest strongest robot on earth with a hundred with a hundred thousand horsepower as he's described in Tezuka's manga. And then and it's 
And that's that's kind of like the, the flaw of the series. There. I mean, hmm. these robots, like, see, they're not like they're not, they don't look like robots. They're human, and that's that's the thing that gets me about it's like about Machizuka's adaptation because he's not you know about or Sawa's adaptation is that he's he's not that rather than just like try and make the story work for the modern like in a more modern realistic setting like he's like he does that he that like he brings it into a more realistic real world setting but he's also um, adapting um Tezuka's um humanistic robot worldview because you look at the ki- the, ki- the robots in, in Tezuka's manga and you know they're basically human except for the fact that you know they look like robots <laughs> and that's what he's doing right here that's what that's what Urasawa was doing and for a story that basically that ultimately says that's ultimately about the dangers of being of um what happens when you make your your robots um like like entirely human it loses its its punch when your robots are actually human themselves mm. i mean there's some lip service given to the fact that robots are that these robots are given a uh, their, their artificial intelligence is inhibited to the point where like like their emotions are are subdued and just like not it's like basically not, not function, don't function in the way that, that humans do. But it just means that, yeah, they've got emotions, they're just really subdued about it. So you're dealing with robots that basically are human, but only like, manifest this when, when like, real plot-critical points allow. And huh. that leads to what I call robot bullshit. <laughs> okay. okay. Okay, just tell me, John. Now, if I told you that a robot was able to overcome its programming against killing humans because it hated a, a human hard enough. Would you say that's that's believable or like plausible in your in your mind? Oh no, absolutely not. I mean, is it plausible for it to overcome its programming? Yeah, sure, sure asking. Um, that that asks me to betray certain things that I believe about robots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, I mean, like, for, it's one thing, like, like, having robots overcome their programming, like, is kind of like a hallmark of, like, a lot, like, a lot of science fiction, including, like, lots of, like, lots yeah. of science fiction movies right. as well. But if you're going to do that, you need to actually explain what, like, how this has happened. I mean, exactly. Yeah, and it, if I, but to have a robot, like, you know, hate someone hard enough, I mean, that just that just takes me out of the warp right there. I just think no, that's not possible. I mean, if you're saying that robot has like 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 full like full actually the full range of human emotions. I mean, that's that just doesn't seem that just doesn't make that doesn't make him a robot. That just makes him that makes him human. Right. And, and at what point what you your uh, any comparisons you're making against like uh, human actions is kind of is kind of lost right there. Right. Yeah, and. See, and that's and like I, I even asked like my, my sister about this, and she's not a big science fiction fan. She she thought it was stupid as well. Even my mom, who is not a science fiction fan at all, thought mm-hmm. that it was thought that it was um it was crap as well. Yeah. So that's so I mean it's just, it's the kind of thing that takes you out of the world that 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 uh, Ursa was creating here, and it just and it, it just doesn't seem it just makes it seem less. Less credible and less valid as a result. I mean, I can see that he's trying to do to honor um, Tezuka's vision, but 
you know when you're trying you're bringing this into the modern world and you gotta do, you gotta do more than that I mean, right. and and Tezuka and and Urasawa and, and Nagasaki just don't just don't do that I mean in fact a lot of their other um, um like all their other bits where they're trying to where they where they said that probably would would seem all right in, when Tezuka was doing it back in his day just come off as as trite or even insensitive like at one point like um Geish has, goes to um like goes to Persia in order to um I talk with one of the top robot scientists and he meets this one robot who is basically a robot urchin you know like mm. there's this there's like he's a robot robot child who has basically been injured in the recent recent war with the United States of Thracia and he's so he's got so he's so he's missing so he's missing parts and he's just and you're saying like dude why would you even create a robot like that I mean, like a robot that was—that's basically a war orphan. I mean, God, man, that's that's impressive. You know, why have this? Just, I, I know it's like it's it's horrible having like the kids in wartime, but just to have a robot that's basically like a stand-in for them. No, like, no, you're depressing. Let me turn you off and then sell you for spare parts so you don't bother anymore. I mean, that's that's what you do for, for robots like that. You don't have them just be a stand-in for war orphans. I mean, that's that's just ridiculous. Another um, part, one that's crucial to the plot, is basically when it's revealed that Geist um, adopted a uh, robot that was about to be um, turned in turned in for scrap metal as a, as a as a child. I mean, it's it's basically a small robot that that apparently has been programmed like a baby for some reason. I, I don't know why. It's just I look at this and I think, you know, it's like yeah, I can see like, hey, a, a small robot. Yeah, it looks like it could be like a standard for a baby, and you know, but like it's but beyond that, I mean, like you, like how is this? How is this, I can understand them like trying to raise raise a child. Like, I mean, like it, I like I like Steven Spielberg's um, AI, mm-hmm. but this, I mean, it sounds like we're we're asked asked to accept the fact that a ro- that a small robot with the with the um, programming of a child just you know is. It's it exists like this just because just because of how that's how it's supposed to, that's how the plot demands it, <laughs> and I just can't it it dry, drives me nuts like that. So it's, oh. it takes me out of the world because like and oh, overall the plot itself um, is generally generally sound. I mean like Urasawa, I mean man's a fantastic artist, a great storyteller. I mean even with this stuff, I mean the a mystery of who who Pluto is and what his what his goals are, um, it's it honors um, Tezuka very well because like, like there's there is that he's, he he keeps that um, that element of moral ambiguity the, the original story had, and that work that works really really well over the course of the series. I mean, yeah, it's like I, I mean, when I was reading this, I mean, like I was yeah, I was still engrossed in the plot, but I was also still reading because like I wanted to stop because it was still even interesting like in spite of the fact that like all of its um, failures and inconsistencies like made it more interesting so I wanted to analyze why it was so bad you know because I wanted to do this podcast too so but even then it's like there's still some issues with um the crit with the uh, the um, with the stuff that Tzu- with uh, that Urasawa added um, for the series like there's the um ro- the robot killer um bra- let's see brow 1859 I think that's that's what he's called, but he's basically uh, 
see, uh, he's basically like, um, he listened to like Anthony Hopkins wrote, um, he had a lecture in, so- in, Sons of, in Sons of the Lambs. And he's basically, he's a robot who <laughs> killed a human, and we're not told exactly why he did it or how he did it. <laughs> but he's basically only there so that, um, so that guys can have a, uh, have, have a, have a, um, criminal mastermind to, to, to confer with and find out what he's, like, what his, de- what the next, what the next thing she's doing is. Oh. And then you've also got, um, like, the, uh, the countries of Persia and the United States of Thrace, Thracia. Now, as you all know, Persia as a country doesn't quite exist today. But it's, but after a while, it's like, it comes clear that Persia is kind of a stand-in for Iraq. And I'm ashamed to admit that it took me until, like, the last volume that the United States of Thracia, which I took to be some sort of analog for Greece, oh. is actually an analog for, for us, the United States of America. Oh. And once you realize that, it just comes a crushingly unsubtle um, take on the war on the war on terror here. And it's one of those it's just one of those things where it's just kinda like you know, I imagine this probably plays a lot better in the rest of the world. But for me it's like I just look at this and think, you know, I I've, I've read better takes on the war on terror. Um say, yeah, I know we're I know America, America's much gonna been, been a real asshole on this thing. Mm-hmm. But this it's like <sighs> All right, uh, acknowledge. Let's move on, please. Mm-hmm. You know, the new stuff he created for this. I don't know. Interesting. It seems that like he did a better, had a much better handle on the old, on the old school stuff, bringing up, bringing it up to the modern era, rather than the uh, all the, the new stuff he created, which is, yeah, just kind of ultimately very disappointing. So overall, I mean, the series isn't bad. I mean, chances are it's like. I can't say I would recommend against reading this, but really, it's like to me, it's like it just stands as a marker for just like you know. Sometimes we like you know, science fiction actually needs science. Mm-hmm. Like you actually, you actually need logic, and you actually need logic and like a strong scientific background in order to like explain some of the some of the stuff you're doing, especially if you're trying to ground your series in the modern era. Now, Tezuka could get, get away with this stuff. Because he wasn't um, making like a, a timeless science fiction. I'm sorry, he was making a story to enter, entertain kids of the era. And but this time, um, like Igorosa like was um, trying to prove that his that the story um, stood the test of time, that it that worked in like in the modern era, um, brought up to modern standards, and it it just doesn't quite hold up. Oh. To be honest. Yeah, like I, just, I just spent a lot of time ranting about um, Hiroki Endo's um, like Eden last week, but he's got a great handle on science, science fiction and, char- and characterization that I'd be interested in seeing his take on the matter. Then again, like, is his his work his work also involves lots and lots of sex as well. So, like <laughs> seeing that, like that's not something I I want to like see Astro Boy involved in at all. <laughs> yeah. Disturbing, at least. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, overall, it's, it's not a bad series, but overall, there, there are better series out there that you, that you can give their time, that you can give your time to. Mm. Okay. But I'll be back next week to talk about something that um, hopefully I'll have um, more whole, wholehearted praise, praise for. And like other than that, well, that's a wrap. All right. We'll see you next time. Okay. All right, bye. Bye.